Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And wow, has Elon Musk versus Twitter just gone crazy this week. We reported earlier in our playlist, now at 24 videos as of this recording, that Elon Musk did an about face about 10 days before the trial was set to begin where Twitter intended to force him to buy their company for more than $40 billion that he had otherwise decided to capitulate in its entirety and just pay the price that he had agreed to earlier this year, which was a surprising move. I asked if Musk capitulated and the answer is yes and no which resulted in a massive legal fight that was all resolved over the course of a single day, which if you've been in virtual legality for a while, you know is very unusual for the wheels of justice. And we're gonna walk you through it in its entirety in this video. Before we do, I do wanna mention that this channel is supported by viewers and listeners like you. Please do check out our Utreon and our Patreon to support this channel, to make it possible. And if you do at one of those tiers, you can support an episode per month, just like Lady Emily has done. Special thanks to Lady Emily. Now, multiple month supporter of this channel. I really, really appreciate it. Please do go check those out. I also want to call out another inadvertent supporter of the channel, and that is the Twitter user that goes by the name of the Chancery Daily. If you haven't checked out this person, they are solely reporting on Court of Chancery matters in Delaware with a high level of Twitter snark. I highly recommend it, and it is through this account that we were actually able to grab all of the various legal documents at play over the course of the past 24 or 36 hours. So please do check them out. Give them a follow. They are great. And sometimes they disagree with me. As I say, you put a number of lawyers or even legal followers in a room, you're going to get an equal, if not more, high number of different opinions. So do check that out. I always recommend getting more and different information from as many sources as possible. With that said, let's take a look at what happened, right? So when we last reported on this, Elon Musk, as I said, it said, you know what, screw it. We're going to offer the full $54.20 per share. And the attempt was made through that move, as I mentioned in that prior video, to what we call moot the proceedings, right? If we're talking about any kind of legal proceeding, one side or the other is asking for something to happen. Even in a criminal proceeding, the state is asking for a specific charge to be found and for a penalty to be applied. Here, Twitter was suing Elon Musk to force him to buy the company for $54.20 per share. So when Elon Musk turns around and says, "Uh, I'm going to buy the company for $54.20 per share, being the exact number that he had already agreed to, One of the arguments that he could make to the court is effectively, what would be the point of a trial, your honor? Because that's what they want. I'm willing to offer it to them. And so as we see here from the very top of the legal document that they filed, because of this offer, the changed circumstances have effectively mooted this action, which is a court determination. Right now, this is a legal advocacy kind of document. And so they're telling the court what to think about this situation. It's a bold move to put this in the first paragraph because the court is the one that determines whether something is mooted or whether it is ripe or all of these other wonderful legal words that say that the court can look at something. But this was always going to be the attempt. And we could take a look at some of the language in this document. It's actually 15 pages long, which is a little bit more robust than I had anticipated for something like this. And the reason it exists is because Twitter was unwilling to just take Elon Musk on faith and say, all right, well, I guess we could cancel the lawsuit and we can close this deal up. And I can hardly blame them 
right? One of the things you're going to note in this document and how this ultimately gets resolved by the court is that despite how we might feel about how Elon Musk is acting here or how Twitter is acting, I'm not going to put too much of an onus on either party here except to note that Elon Musk continues to surprise for any kind of normal legal or litigation watcher, as I am here in virtual legality, that you might get the impression, well, okay, you agreed to the deal before, things got nuts, you tried to terminate the deal, we sued you, and now everything's fine, and you just want our legal mechanisms to be taken away from us. I don't trust you. (laughs) And you can hardly blame Twitter for it. But... Is this kind of move, the the type of move that Elon Musk can make and the court is mostly going to abide by it? We'll see. So let's take a look at this document. Defendants Elon Musk and his various holding companies that would orchestrate the merger for transactional purposes move to stay this action, move to stop the legal proceedings, remove the October 17th trial from the court's calendar, all because it has been mooted by our offer. This court ordered an expedited trial on Twitter's sole equitable claim for relief. They asked for an order. They didn't ask for separate damages. That defendants specifically perform their obligations under the merger agreement and consummate the closing in accordance with the terms of that merger agreement. Defendants have agreed to do exactly that. There's going to be a little bit of a dispute on whether or not they agreed to do exactly what the merger agreement said. They, Twitter, have stated they are willing to close the transaction at the $54.20 per share price. The debt financing parties are working cooperatively to fund the close. Remember, it's not all out of Elon Musk's pocket. He's going to be using some debt financing sources to pay a portion of the purchase price. And closing is expected on or around October 28th, 2022. As a result, there is no need for an expedited trial to order defendants to do what they are already doing. And the action is now moot. Delaware courts, as they quote, do not address disagreements that have no significant current impact. We don't want to waste court resources. That's true, but it does feel like somebody's gaming the system. Yet Twitter will not take yes for an answer. Astonishingly, they have insisted on proceeding with this litigation, recklessly putting the deal at risk and gambling with their stockholders' interests. I have to admit, right, you're looking at this from Elon Musk's perspective. He just put in the document that Twitter's refusal to just accept what Elon Musk came out of nowhere to offer about four days ago is needlessly putting the transaction at risk. It takes a certain amount of temerity to put that in a legal document when you are the one that has been accused of being most responsible for delaying the deal for reasons that were, let's say, maybe a bit pretextual. And I have sat here and said, I don't think Elon Musk's arguments are quite as weak as some others have claimed. But as the discovery process has gone on and as we have been able to observe the issues that Musk's team was have in either producing documentary evidence or actually making the requests properly to Twitter, we've begun to see weakness in the overall fact basis that Elon Musk and his team have provided. And that's one of the reasons why I offered in the earlier video, you could be seeing Elon Musk making this move anyway, that that percentage of victory uh, in litigation chance was going down and down and down. And at some point you just cut bait instead of keep fishing, either because your litigators are telling you so, because you're worried about depositions or saying things under oath or anything else that might come out or otherwise, But the other side has gone through this entire process and paid lawyers and provided documents and done all these things. And you're canceling it the day before. And it's fair to give it the side eye. And yet you put in the legal documents that it is Twitter's fault that this isn't going through because they aren't just taking you on faith four days before this document was filed. 
Proceeding towards trial is not only an enormous waste of party and judicial resources, it will undermine the ability of parties to close the transaction. Again, we're in the technically true language here, right? Having a pending litigation makes it more difficult to get banks to sign documents. It does. It does. Uh, that's true, but that's been the state of play now for months. Failing to stay the litigation would send a signal to the market that despite defendants' commitment to perform their obligations under the merger agreement and equity commitment letter, Twitter is demanding that the court impede the deal moving forward. Framing Twitter as the impeder in this set of circumstances is amazing. I'm not saying I like the argument, but it is really, really, really wild. Um, and so Elon Musk is going out there and saying, hey, Twitter just won't get this deal done. They're just trying to block the whole thing when any human being that's observed any of this is not buying this for a moment. Further, although Twitter resists a stay based on the theoretical possibility of a future failure to obtain the debt financing, no such failure has occurred to date. So the way this works when we've got a big closing, and I've worked on a lot of big closings, but when I say big, I'm not usually putting a B uh, behind the dollar amount. It's more of an M kind of situation, millions, not billions. Uh, but when you've got a big closing and it's partially debt financed, then you've got a whole consortium, a whole syndicate of people that are working on very complicated, very lengthy documents that are covering all sorts of things. Just imagine when you go and you get a mortgage for your house and just the level of technicality there. And now imagine that a bank is really, really invested in those documents because they're gonna be really, really invested in that deal when they aren't necessarily when they're giving you some money to purchase a house. Banks notoriously regulatory focused and very I-dotting and T-crossing in terms of their documentation. So it takes a while to get banks on board. So Twitter goes and says, okay, you want to close it now. You at least paused the deal transactions for months there. You said you terminated this in July. What time is it going to take you to get the banks on board? What is your process? And Twitter, as we will see in their document, is going to say, we've got bankers depositions to say you haven't even called them yet. So we're not going to sit here and wait forever. So you say it'll get done by October 28th, but you're asking for what? You don't have a deadline on what you're requiring of the court. So let's talk about that. But Elon Musk's response is, no, no, you can't get upset about us not meeting our debt condition when we haven't had the chance to meet our debt condition yet. And again, technically true, not exactly wrong. And that's what makes this so crazy to read from a legal perspective. As Elon Musk's team says, not only has Twitter's baseless speculation been refuted by the banks themselves, who they say are going to commit to the debt financing, any theoretical claims Twitter could concoct based on a potential financing failure that has not happened are unripe and unpled, making them well outside the scope of the trial set to begin in 11 days. We can't argue about debt financing because, and this is again a correct kind of argument from Elon Musk's side, what they asked for is for us to go through with the merger agreement. What the merger agreement has is I'm going to get the debt financing together. And once the debt financing is together, we will close. So even if they were to win their court case, we would still be going through the fact that I have to get the debt financing together. So there really is no distinction between having this argument right now and having it after the court case. So the court case is moot on this point, at least as it stands before I flake out on the debt financing commitment. If Elon Musk intends to try to flake out on the debt financing commitment. Your mileage may vary there. Simply put, there are two possibilities at this stage, says Team Musk. By far the most likely possibility is that the debt is funded, in which case the deal will close on or around October 28th. What are we worried about, yo? Shareholders would receive their payments far faster than would be possible if Twitter were to proceed to trial and win, win again on appeal, and only then first proceed towards funding and closing. Pause. Musk team, why is there an appeal in this scenario? 
right? You're willing to buy the company on the terms that you agreed to originally. If the Twitter team wins in a litigation, yes, that would take a small amount of time. Generally speaking, a quarter chance retrial isn't going to take forever. Why is there a win again on appeal? That would suggest that Twitter wins at trial and then you, the Musk parties, appeal their win, which you are telling me right now is the same thing as what you've already agreed to as it stands today. Why is there an appeal timer in this sentence? You're cheating a little bit. And only then first proceed towards funding and closing. That process could take months, primarily the appeal process, which doesn't make any sense. The other much less likely possibility is that the debt is not funded and the deal does not close, in which any potential claims Twitter may have will have just arisen based on brand new facts. We would have breached something new, your honor, and they don't have a claim right now for that. So you have to give them the remedy that they're asking for, which is what I'm offering. And then we can fight about it again if my financing falls through. Wink. How about some background? Given Twitter's recalcitrance, God, I I don't know why you're stabbing this particular point in the gut. It's very amusing to outside observers. I don't know how the court would treat it. Defendants have no choice but to submit a proposed stipulation and order. Keep this in the back of your mind, dear viewers and listeners, because what Elon Musk's team is going to offer here is that the court should enter an order through the power of the court mandating that Team Musk do something with respect to this deal. What is that? They are asking the court to file an order that says effective upon entry by the court that would bind them to take all actions necessary, proper, or advisable to consummate the debt financing and perform the merger agreement and equity commitment letter upon their terms and conditions. So Team Musk is offering court, we're currently under your purview, put a document in your file that under legal power mandates that we take all actions necessary, proper, or advisable to get our financing in order, to get our merger agreement done, to get our equity commitment done. Order that of us, and we'll be okay with that. And that hopefully, according to T. Musk, will make Twitter happy because the court will have ordered them to do this thing. We ask the court to enter the order, to put an end to this dispute, and facilitate the prompt closing of this transaction. Spoiler alert, this does not happen. The court does not enter an order mandating that Team Musk do anything. Hang on to that. Twitter alleged that it is entitled to specific performance under Section 9.9b of the merger agreement, assuming the following conditions are met. All of the conditions set forth in Section 7.1 and 7.2, that's the covenants and reps, we've talked about that, have or will be satisfied at the closing. The debt financing has been funded or will be funding at the closing, provided the equity financing is funded, and the company has confirmed that the closing will occur. These are normal closing conditions in a normal context where you say, okay, we've signed up this document, now you go and you use all good faith efforts to get your bankers in order, you get your bankers in order, you go forward with this. Now, of course, that didn't happen. There have been months now where Team Musk has not been doing anything to get the banking in order. So this isn't exactly right. And Twitter will call this out. They have been in some kind of good faith breach for at least a couple of months. Uh, And so uh, Elon Musk is playing games with exactly what the court can order him to do. But since Twitter just asked for it to be enforced as if they wanted to sell their company, Team Musk is probably right to say, hey, look, if we're going to follow these rules, we can follow the rules just as we agree to them in the merger agreement. We still have to get the debt financing in order. On July 19th, 2022, although acknowledging that the committed debt financing was not set to expire until April of 2023, the court granted expedition. They had the litigation proceed faster, reasoning that the longer the merger transaction remains in limbo, the larger the cloud of uncertainty cast over the company and the greater the risk of irreparable harm to the sellers and to the target itself. 
This paragraph is important because one of the arguments that Team Musk will make here is, hey, if it's so important that this get done faster, that every day we wait is more pain for Twitter and more pain for its shareholders, how can you deny us this argument? It's not awful. It is bold. On October 3rd, 2022, Defendant's Counsel delivered a letter to Twitter stating that the Musk parties intend to proceed to closing the transaction contemplated by the April 25th, 2022 merger agreement on the terms and subject to the conditions set forth therein pending receipt of the proceeds of the debt financing contemplated thereby, provided that the Delaware Chancery Court enter an immediate stay of the action. We are willing to proceed as long as you stop this litigation. And I don't think Twitter's wrong to say, hold on, we're not necessarily willing to agree to that. On October 4th, 2022, Twitter responded to defendant's letter noting that the intention of the company is to close the transaction $54.20 per share. That's the language used in their tweet you might have seen uh, on social media. I'm, I'm not positive if that's a different response or if that's just their tweet. Now, they have a whole bunch of legal arguments here. Hey, a stay of the trial is warranted based on efficiency or simple common sense because we have to conserve limited judicial resources, etc., etc., at the threshold, this court should stay the action and remove the trial from the calendar because no live dispute exists. Accordingly, a stay makes common sense. First, defendant's agreement to move forward in closing in accordance with the merger agreement will moot the relief Twitter seeks, justifying entry of a stay. And defendants have proffered a stipulation that they are prepared to consummate the transaction under the merger agreement upon receipt of the proceeds of debt financing. We are willing to have the court order us to close this deal. And our closing is approximately anticipated to be October 28th. Second, any potential new relief Twitter might seek in the event the debt is not funded is not ripe. You can't claim we're not going to fund this debt. We haven't not funded it yet. It's not pled in the existing complaint and cannot possibly be tried in 11 days. Note the way I'm framing this because this is an amazing move. It's a crazy move. It's a maniac's move if Elon Musk and his team are planning to try to close this deal and have the debt financing break down as part of it. Any claims grounded in baseless speculation that the debt financing may not successfully fund are not ripe for judicial determination. In any event, the merger agreement does not permit an order of specific performance causing Musk to fund the equity commitment or close the transaction until the debt component of the merger consideration is funded. Now, here we have a basic disagreement as to what good faith means, right? If we go back to the legal documentation, Twitter is effectively saying that the debt financing is entirely within Elon Musk's purview right? He can get that debt financing if he really wants to. And if it fails, that's on him. Elon Musk is going to carve out a concept here that probably puts the fear of God in Twitter. And he says right now, you can't order us to close the deal if I'm willing to close the deal and my debt financing falls through. So he says, I only have to consummate the closing if and for so long as the debt financing has been funded or will be funded if I fund my equity portion of that financing. If the debt financing does not fund, says Team Musk, Twitter may not obtain an order of specific performance under Section 9.9b, causing Musk to fund the equity or close the transaction. The merger agreement, which Twitter is seeking to enforce at trial, unambiguously prohibits any court-ordered closing based on specific performance absent funding of the debt. And if defendants refuse to close because the debt has not funded, Twitter could only pursue a claim for breach against my holding company for that $1 billion, which I have guaranteed. He's saying, if we get up to this finish line, and, and if you're worried about Elon Musk, my banker friends say, no, I'm not willing to put in that money to close this deal. We say, oh, we really gave it a run, Twitter. Here's a billion dollars. 
which is basically Elon Musk's escape hatch. So you look at this kind of document and your Twitter and you think you're being gamed right now and you're giving it the side eye already and you see this and you say, your honor, this looks like they are prepping to try to escape from this for the $1 billion. What are we doing here? And I can't tell you that you're wrong, but I would say that you're crazy if you're Elon Musk and you're trying this because you are in the shadow of a litigation and the court is going to have an order to your benefit. We'll see on that. And at the end of the day, if you try to game this with something like that, I cannot promise you that the court isn't going to just drop the hammer on you. Proceeding with trial will interfere with ongoing efforts to consummate the transaction. Again, technically true, but true nonetheless. This litigation will not expedite the financing. Rather, it will impede defendants and their counsel's ability to work towards the financing. And finally, Twitter cannot show any prejudice from a brief stay of this action to allow the parties to focus on closing. In the event a closing does not occur, this litigation can promptly resume based on then existing facts and whatever issues remain at the time. I think that's a bad argument to actually end on because you've used the notion that the court found that expedition was important here to try to justify why it should be mooted and you should be allowed to move forward. But you can't then say that any delay isn't a problem for Twitter because even a short delay could be a problem for Twitter. That's the exact argument you're using to try to justify being able to moot the current court schedule to get this deal done on your terms. So that's Elon Musk's argument here. And as we might expect, but probably not with this level of alacrity or speediness, Twitter responds immediately to this filing, says, Dear Chancellor, Dear Your Honor, we write on behalf of Twitter in response to defendant's motion this afternoon seeking a stay of the litigation. We oppose their motion. The obstacle to terminating this litigation is not as defendants say that Twitter is unwilling to take yes for an answer. The obstacle is that defendants still refuse to accept their contractual obligations. For months, defendants have pursued increasingly implausible claims and over and over sought to delay trial on the merits to enforce the merger agreement. Remembering, of course, that Musk wanted this trial to happen, I believe, in like February. Discovery has shown each and every one of those claims to be utterly without merit. Reasonable minds can differ, but certainly Twitter seemed to be having more success in Discovery than Elon Musk was. It has also shown that defendants have repeatedly breached their obligation to exercise reasonable best efforts to move towards closing. They weren't moving towards closing during this litigation. They, in fact, called the agreement terminated. The merger should have closed long ago, as defendants' recent concessions confirm. I don't know whether it would have closed long ago. These things take time. Now on the eve of trial, defendants declare they intend to close after all. Trust us, they say. We mean it this time. And so they ask to be relieved from a reckoning on the merits. To justify that relief, they propose an order that allows them an indefinite time to close on the basis of a conditional withdrawal of their unlawful notices of termination, coupled with an explicit reservation of all claims and defenses in the event a closing does not occur. Defendant's proposal is an invitation to further mischief and delay. I don't blame Twitter for this argument at all. What Elon Musk is doing and what he's been doing for a long period of time looks very much like game playing. The question is, can the court take that into account in the same way Twitter would have them? And the answer we will find is no, that Elon Musk and his argument is pretty effective, according to this court, in terms of mooting this action and saying, get this stuff together. But it won't be done in the way that the Elon Musk parties have requested. The proposal, says Twitter, is inconsistent on its face. Defendants say the merger agreement, the equity commitment letter, and the bank debt commitment letter are in effect valid and enforceable. They admit that the conditions the completion of the merger set forth in Article 7 have been satisfied, and so they promise to be bound by the terms and conditions of the merger agreement, but at the same time they make that promise, they proceed to break it, says Twitter. Section 2.2 of the merger agreement requires defendants to close the transaction no later than the second business day 
After the satisfaction of waiver of all the conditions set forth in Article 7, that date came and went on September 15th. At a minimum, on the basis of their current concessions, defendants should be arranging to close on Monday, October 10th. If everything is done, then it should be closed within two days of when you just wrote this to us, so two business days. Uh, and so that should be October 10th, but it's not October 10th. Instead, what they asked for in their order was open-ended. They asked for an open-ended out at the expense of Twitter stockholders. And Twitter furthers, just this morning, a corporate representative for one of their lending banks testified that Mr. Musk has yet to send them a borrowing notice and has not otherwise communicated to them that he intends to close the transaction, let alone on any particular timeline. As you might understand already, it does take some authority and some movement and some liquidity changes to actually get $12.5 billion to where it needs to go, even if you're a giant bank. The bank further testified that the main task necessary to close the deal, memorializing the debt financing, could have happened in July, but didn't because Mr. Musk purported to terminate the deal. So this is what I was talking about from the corporate law side of things. Actually putting any given debt financing down on paper takes some time. In fact, I've had debt financings that took more than a year to actually document. Do I think that would be the case here? I do not. Uh, but it does take time to get all the relevant parties at the table, negotiating all the I's and T's and commas and semicolons and everything else for huge amounts of money. So at least as Twitter is claiming here, there isn't debt documentation ready. And that's going to take a minute. Is that going to be done within the next three weeks? Maybe. In fact, three weeks was probably picked out to be in a time that was reasonable for the banks and team must to actually put these things together. But... Twitter is right to say, uh, we just had a deposition and the banks are not ready as of this moment. Now, interestingly enough, that's part of the conditions to closing as highlighted uh, in the Musk letter. And so the court's put into an awkward position here of the order saying things that might not be true, that Team Musk didn't mean to say that we were ready for closing at the moment that this would be entered because their document itself says we don't have the debt finance, we don't have the money ready to go into the company this second. Uh, but we can move on it very quickly. So Twitter says, hey, we can't have an open-ended out. We're not quite sure exactly whether the Elon Musk order is exactly accurate. And the court finds itself going, all right, what are we, what are we going to do with this? They remain answerable as a matter of law for the consequences of their breaches until defendants commit to close as required. Twitter is entitled to its day in court to demonstrate its entitlement to specific performance and prove defendants' breaches so as to ensure complete relief in the event the closing should for any reason not occur. Again, what's weird about this, the situation that Elon Musk has put Twitter in is to the extent he's willing to accede to a court-controlled order to actually close the deal or anything else, that is exactly what Twitter would have won. So the court now has a decision to make. All right, so Elon Musk's playing a few games. His documents are playing a few games. Twitter has said, we still deserve our day in court. But the court itself, with the resources in front of it, has to say, yeah, except that Elon Musk is right from a legal perspective that if he's going to give you what I would have been able to give you with my court authority, then we don't need to have a litigation. It's not a day in court kind of concept. You're getting exactly what you would have asked for. So what do I do with this? And the court takes a new road and courts can do this. Courts can take equitable decisions. They can use their judgment. They don't enter in that stipulated order. They instead say the following. Defendants and counterclaim plaintiffs Elon Musk, X Holdings 1 and X Holdings 2 have agreed to close on the agreement and plan and merger dated April 25th, 2022, and they have moved to stay this action in light of their agreement. Defendants have stated that the closing is expected on or around October 28th. Plaintiff Twitter opposes the motion on the basis that defendants' agreement will not ensure that the transaction closes fast enough. And so what do I order at the Court of Chancery? This action is stayed. 
That is a win for Team Musk until 5 p.m. on October 28th. You want to put the date in your documents, Mr. Musk? I'm going to hold you to it to, to permit the parties to close on the transaction. If the transaction does not close by 5 p.m., being the end of business, on October 28th, 2022, the parties are instructed to contact me by email that evening to get your November 2022 trial dates. So you're not going to have to have this trial in October. That is a concession. That is a win for Elon Musk, but it is a win by forcing him to buy the company, which at least until four days ago, he didn't want to do at all. And that's the reason that we've paid lawyers millions of dollars and we've had months of discovery and we're moving towards litigation in the court of chancery. But do note this, by ignoring the order in its entirety, the court actually didn't tell Team Musk to do anything in particular, right? Team Musk had offered through their court order to be told that they had to do everything reasonable, take all actions necessary, proper or advisable to get this stuff done. They were willing to accede to a court mandated good faith effort kind of concept. And instead the court said, I wash my hands of this. You have said October 28th. My God, if you are not closed on October 28th, you come back to me. We're putting this on the record and we're putting this on the record with a much angrier court, right? That goes without saying. Law is blind, justice is blind, all this good stuff. But even the court of chancery has to be looking at this with a side eye and saying, man, you sure feel like you're playing games on this. So don't screw with me. This better be closed by October 28th. Uh, And you put that date in yourself. It was offered by you. You're not getting an open-ended right to just go on forever. And we're going to relitigate this in February when you had originally planned. So you have until October 28th. And then we're moving forward. So effectively, Twitter's not thrilled about this, but they'd love to sell their company. That's the purpose of this litigation. And Elon Musk probably isn't thrilled about this because he didn't get that kind of open-ended right. Now, do they intend to do something funky with debt financing to try to get out into that billion-dollar escape clause rather than spend $44 billion? What do you think, everybody? Is Elon Musk just playing games here or is he going to own Twitter by the end of the month? It's getting exciting. I'm sure we'll cover more of this in virtual legality. And if you do like these conversations, as I said, check out the Chancery Daily here. They're doing a lot of good work on this, but also consider supporting virtual legality here with me through our Utreon and our Patreon as Lady Emily, again, getting special thanks, did for us. If none of those uh, appeal to you, just consider subscribing, leaving comments, engaging as YouTube likes you to do, and sharing this kind of content with your friends and forums and everywhere else, because every little bit helps. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.